start the podcast. Right, thanks for the introduction. <laughs> Did you both shut up for a few seconds? <laughs> I can't stop laughing. At <laughs> my own joke, which is really lame. Just start with laughing. Right, right. Okay, hello listeners and welcome to episode 11. Is it 11? Is that right? I honestly don't know. Well, I think yeah, it's an episode 11 of Picky Bastards. We're around there anyway. Um, I'm Fran Slater and I'm here with Nick Parker and Matt Paul. How are hello. you guys? You alright? Hello. How's You're it good. going? I'm all right. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So that's the end of us being nice to each other for the rest of the <laughs> episode. I am going to be pretty evil to both of them. So uh, I think it's episode 11. So most of you know the process by now. We pick four recently released albums, one classic album, and then one of us introduces an artist we love. So this month, the new albums are Mount Eerie's Now Only, Gene Gray and Kelly Chris. I think that's how I pronounce it. Everything's fine. Why Oaks, The Louder I Call, The Faster It Runs, and Screaming Females All at Once. The classic is Ready to Die by Biggie Smalls, and I'll be introducing, uh, telling you why I love Nadine Shaw, particularly with the album Holiday Destination. So to start us off, I'm going to go to Nick, and I'm going to ask him which album took him most out of his comfort zone, and was that a good or bad thing? What's interesting is, in my typical state of total unpreparedness, I actually had an answer for that, and then in the last five seconds, I think I've changed my mind. Right. Brilliant. Show that see, see you can't stuff this roller coaster ride, you know? You take me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> if possible, yeah. So um, I think I will go with uh, Notorious B.I.G. as my guess album right. that took me out guess of there. Right. Okay, you guess right. It's always with a guessing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, this album uh, definitely took me out of my comfort zone on a number of levels. And um, I think actually, uh, I mean, I don't think it, that is a, maybe a huge surprise. Uh, I obviously it's a, it's a cultural experience that's very different different from mine, and um, it's a, a kind of a, a radical change of of uh, from what I have ever known. So that's no surprise. But what's actually maybe slightly more interesting is to me is um, the reaction that I had to being immersed in that. When you ask about whether it's good or bad, and um, to be honest, I, I, this album made me feel really sad. I've got to say that's that's the okay. overall that's my overall sort of uh, sense of it. Is it just? Um, I thought it was really, really, a really great album. I mean, back up and say, I thought it was a really great album in many ways. Yeah. In, in simple terms, it was really great. Uh, it was really, um, it was really timeless in a way, actually, I thought, except for a few references to like, um, like beepers and things like that. And, yeah. you know, just things that were kind of old technology. It was generally um, so simply put together and so uh, clean and well executed that it didn't sound really dated, which I was quite surprised about, actually. Um, so that was great. Um, I thought it was the wordplay in it was was really really good, um, and uh, really uh, a lot of really lateral moves that I was expecting in when he did rhymes and stuff in his flow. So that was all great. But ultimately, um, it just seemed like a really tragic uh, kind of cultural space that he was talking about mm. coming from, and ultimately fell fell foul of. You know, as we all know. So. Um, it wasn't like a, there was very, I mean, it was, it was a very hard life he was talking about, but it was also, um, a very kind of painful thing I thought to, to listen to, honestly, to, to, to see, especially obviously there were, there were songs about his, um, suicidal feeling at times, yeah, like that, you know, so yeah, exactly. So, um, that, that kind of made that very clear, but, um, you know, all the way through consistently, I think it was, it was a very dark album and, um, understandably justifiably but and uh, i i kind of i didn't i don't want to say that i just feel like uh this the loss of him was just you know was somehow more significant than the loss of the thousands of other people who've died in in cultural spaces that are this this violent mm. in the past uh you know that they're, they're all tragedies um but uh you know clearly he was somebody who, who had a lot to say and uh, seemed to know that he wasn't going to get a chance to say it. I mean, the album's called Ready to Die, isn't it? So, I mean, it's, yeah. that goes along with everything yeah. you've just said. And <laughs> it, it? Yeah, but absolutely. I mean, yeah, is that you? Yeah, I mean, basically, it was, it, I, that's the main thing I would say about it. It was just, it was just really, um, and, and so and so simple, so sort of stripped down, you know. It was, um, uh, yeah, so I, I thought it was produced really well and, and had, had a lot to offer. And I, and I listened to it a great deal, actually. I mean, even though I've made me feel, feel kind of low, I, yeah. I listened to it an awful lot. Um, and uh, yeah, I, but other than that, I, I don't know what else I'd go with. Uh, I think I'll, I'll jump in, Matt, if that's all right. I go think, for it. Um, yeah, yeah, because I mean, while I completely agree with uh, a lot of what you said there, it is, it is a really sad album. I'm going to just pick out the song Juicy um, as an example of kind of the opposite of that because mm. Juicy's 
Juice is huge in the hip hop world. It's kind of his big tune. It's a, you know it features on the Eight Mile soundtrack. It's yeah. most people will go to that song if you if you ask them for like top top ten hip hop songs of all time. And it's kind of what I loved about that song is it's it's kind of brings you in to him coming out the other side of that really sad sad stuff and the really hard upbringing. And there's the lines about you know. Now we sip champagne when we're thirsty, which obviously they don't ship sip champagne when they're thirsty because that wouldn't help at all. <laughs> no. But it's kind of that that real turnaround, and it's been such a big influence on hip hop in general. That song and the kind of and in good and bad ways because it's been the songs about that you know coming up from the struggle, which became the biggest theme of hip hop over the years. But mm. also a lot of people then started just singing songs about how rich they were and rapping about how many cars they had because they thought, oh, Biggie did it. But no, in that song, he's doing the opposite of that. And mm. that's what's really strong in this album, I think, is a lot of what you've said there, the the songs like um, Everyday Struggle, Things Done Changed, they are brilliant at documenting difficulties of growing up as a young black American, and he's he's amazing at that. Um, I can see why this album's rated as one of the best hip-hop albums of all time. He's an incredible MC. Um, I haven't heard many of this good. Like Nick said, it's not dated in the same way as even the Nas that we listened to a few episodes ago. I think yeah, it's I agree less dated than yeah, that. I also yeah. agree. Um, yeah. The only thing that gets to me sometimes on this album is Puff Daddy. Like, why does he have to talk or, <laughs> or exist? Um, it just says baby, baby at the end of every song. And it's just... But for me, if I'm, if I'm being honest, this, this album, there's so many positives in it. I, I loved it and I do love it. But if this album was released today... I'd be kind of up in arms about the misogyny within it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's only... I don't know where I stand on that today, like, looking back, because this is a... He was a 21-year-old guy at the time. Yeah. Growing up in the kind of environment we've just spoken about. Yep. Um, and it's Not 20, recently, yeah. Yeah, and it's a 24-year-old album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah. looking back, I can kind of... I think you can excuse that because of the power of what he does with songs like Everyday Struggle and what he does well. I think you can kind of look past it a little bit. But there are a couple of songs, particularly Friend of Mine and Give Me The Loot, that are kind of unlistenable to me because yeah. of that. I can't, I can't listen to the descriptions of pulling a woman out of a car and beating the shit out of her, no yeah. matter how old it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, no matter what the context is, I still yeah. totally agree with you. But then yeah, there's yeah. a song, Me and My Bitch, which probably sounds like the most misogynistic song on the album from the title, but... Mm. Actually, it's one of the only hip-hop songs of that era that I've heard where it's given a lot of sort of auto- autonomy to the woman in it and given a lot of power to the woman in it. So, mm. you know, maybe he died very young. I'd love to see what he'd have done as time went on. He might have... Uh, some of that might have gone and he might have just carried on doing the really powerful stuff. So, yeah, great album. Um, mm. Possibly my favourite of the of the new... Well, the albums on this playlist other than I did need to be near the skip, skip button for them songs I couldn't listen to. Yeah, yeah, coming on. But yeah, yeah. it's great. What, what about you, Matt? Yeah, j- jumping straight on from the end, and where you talk about the misogyny, I actually found it kind of interesting how I think it was in um, one, uh, one More Chance where he started with the voicemails. Yeah. Um, and he actually, I think it was an like, interesting dichotomy of like he spends the entire song talking about how he gets all these women and stuff. Mm um but he the voicemail the voicemails at the beginning set him up as just a bit of a dick yeah um and so i think he could in some sense recognize that within himself and within yeah i think the I agree culture with that. yeah yeah um which was really cool um and i think that that like those dichotomies of throughout the entire album like recognizing um the bravado but also the like the the fullbacks and yeah. that that was um like the 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 parts of like hip hop which I like the most where someone has like witty lyrics that are also poignant at the same time mm. and it's mm. just every line is almost like that. Mm. Um so yeah I thought I th- I had a really good time listening to this album. Um and like everyone everyone talks about his flow and this is the first time I actually sat down and listened to an entire album. And it is just, it's so smooth over the top of of this world, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's just, he packs so much in while also being quite lethargic and like, Mm. yeah, he's relaxed, doesn't it? Yeah. It's not like frenzied, is it? Yeah. And yeah, so busy with with ideas. Yeah. It's relentless. Absolutely relentless. So yeah, I, yeah, I think, I guess we're all in agreement. This is like, 
there's a reason people uh, talk about this as a classic album. Yeah, and yeah. That's actually, I was going to ask for Anne, actually, because uh, I think you, when you introduced it, you said it had been recommended on another podcast as the greatest album yeah. of the genre ever. And so, I, I want to see if you think that's the case. Oof, it's up there. I mean, it is up there. Um, I think, again, I hate to keep coming back to it, but the, maybe the misogyny in it, even though I agree with a lot of what you guys are both saying, mm. does hold me back from, from saying that. But they're, but they're misogynies throughout hip-hop, and I think, you know, you've got to... If you like this, the music, I mean, it's getting better. Though. It's, it's up there, though. I mean, it's not... It's one of the best I've heard in a very long time. I've not heard a flow like that um, from many people other than sort of some of the real greatest rappers. So, yeah, mm. I mean, it's, it's up there. Um, I'd probably need to spend more time with it. I mean, the reason I'm going to admit again, I think I said this around the time of the Nas, the reason I've not listened to it much before is because I was such a fucking geeky Tupac fan. When yeah, I was into uh, hip hop yeah. in my teens and stuff, that they, they, you know, I couldn't listen to Biggie. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's hundred percent a better rapper than two. Because you grew up in LA, didn't you? Yeah, so, I know, yeah, man. Yeah. It's fuck life. It's fuck life, wasn't it? You're all, you're all Compton <laughs> all the way, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was, you know, it was ridiculous reason not to listen to him, but it is what happened. Apart from the song "Juicy," which I've known for a long time, um, and then a couple of others that he did later on that weren't as good because Puff Daddy got more involved, but um, or P Diddy or whatever his yeah. name is, the artist formerly known as... As P. Diddy. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with people who say this is one of the best pop albums of all time. It's, they, they're right. It is up right. there. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. That's pretty, pretty solid then. Yeah. That was a nice yeah. start. We all were in agreement for like the yeah. first time ever. Yeah. Only go downhill. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully yeah. it will go downhill because yeah, yeah. it's not fun if we all agree all the way through. <laughs> um, okay, Matt, I'll come to you now. So that was which one took Nick most out of his comfort zone. So which one felt the most comfortable and familiar to you? Uh, so for me, um, it was the Screaming Females album. Um, and that's mostly all at once, because... Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, 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 all at once. And so for me, that's because it was quite reminiscent of um, like early 2000s rock in, in parts, which really kind of brought me back to when I was really starting to get into music. And mm. um, I think... It had a really nice urgency throughout it, and it started started off really, really strong with the opening two tracks, um, especially like Glass House, the way it builds to a really nice uh, crescendo after quite a like staggered and interrupted beginning. Um, and I don't know, guitar-driven rock isn't as like it isn't the 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 genre it once was, and so for me, it's been a standout in what has been pretty a weak field at the moment. Um, but that said, it isn't, I don't think there's anything within it that was particularly special. I just think it was really, really like a really solid album the entire way through. Um, and I really like her voice. It's like got a nice deep tone to it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much like it. It's not, mind-blowing but it was for me it was just a nice like comfortable experience and pretty much exactly what your uh, your question was asking right well yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in because i i'm gonna say almost exactly the same things as you so i feel like we need to get the agreeing out of the way and hope that <laughs> yeah. nick uh nick has a different opinion but you might not um yeah similar i wrote down nearly everything you said like the one band that really reminded me of that I used to love was um, No Doubt, when No Doubt were good, yeah. which admittedly was for a very short time, maybe one album. <laughs> but it did really remind me of that. Um, again, agreed, the album starts really strongly. Um, for me, until the song End of My Bloodline, which is around song eight or nine, I think it's all really strong until that. Um, and I do think that the songs I'll Make You Sorry and Agnes Martin, I'd probably say are quite special. I'd put them above what, what you said, there not been anything special on there. But if I was going to get really picky, um, it's too long for the kind of album that it is. It's like a really urgent sort of energetic album and it's 15 songs long and some of them drag a bit. So for me, I'd have probably cut 10 songs from it. Uh, 10 Sorry. songs, five songs. I'd have cut it down to 10 single. songs. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it and I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. I don't, I don't know why, because um, the name's shit. Um, that's probably why. Um, screaming female. I like the name. 
No, I don't like it. Um, I'm not having it. <laughs> just vetoed that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. So yeah, let's see, Nicholas. So Come for on, me, of, of all the the five uh, of the new albums to us, including the, the notorious Big one, this was by a long, long way the weakest. Wow. Um, I thought this album. Uh, though I put this album on. I put the whole playlist on shuffle, and I kept having to. What's happening to you? You don't shuffle. I know. I don't, I, yeah, when yeah. I, this, I'll explain about that in a minute because I listen to this, uh, this place a lot, actually, more than probably any album mm. we've done before. Um, and I ended up having to look this this band up because everything they came on, I kept thinking, is this the classic? Like, how old is this music? <laughs> like, it seems so dated. It was just bizarre. It's, it's a brand new album. Uh, it's, it just seems so generic rock and just um, kind of cheesy solos, rock solos, which didn't really have any any flair to them and weren't really produ- were overproduced in t- from a tone standpoint and sort of felt like they were really too clean. Um particular song i there's, there's a solo on birds in space that i really really just thought was birds in space is a very poor song that's that was one of the ones a, i would cut <laughs> that was not a cheese a factory song. sorry that yeah, was just that's not, not a good song good. but so um, and then what what I, I sort of felt like what they were trying to do um uh, you could get 10 times better out of savages savages was is a way better version of this band i feel like really really furious trying to be like rock like punk rock crossover but fresh and new, and and we don't have to get into that. Is band it Savages that we put on the playlist last year that I hated, or was that no, that was Slaves, wasn't no, it? That was Slaves. That was slaves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Savage Savages are more post-punk though. I'd say they've got a different. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the problem. Maybe I just don't like the genre. Then I mean, I'm just tired yeah. of the genre. I mean, it it just seemed really tired, and and I no part of it jumped out at me like 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 Matt saying it was it was very kind of easy going, you know. But that that's not a good thing at all. It it was just way too comfortable to listen. It did it feel like a bit of a throwback to me, which is what, you, what you're saying about it being a bit like, um, it maybe sounded like it was older to you. It did feel like a bit, which yeah. is why I said it reminded me of No Doubt at the time. But like, mm. for me, that felt a little bit nostalgic and I didn't mind. Um, I didn't mind that it sounded like that. I think that's that's okay yeah. as long as it, I think it does. I mean, it's, if it's been the classic, quite that's well. fine. But if we're listening to an album of 2018, I kind of want to listen <laughs> like it's a new album, not one from 15 years ago. But I mean, it is. Call me stupid. It is a new know. album. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. from 2018 exactly it just doesn't sound it at all it, it just seemed anyway so to me it was it was really uh really weak yeah so and, I, and there was no real there's no part of it i really enjoyed and parts of it just kind of drifted past without me noticing well, it's... Uh, versus versus other parts that were actively a bit irritating because it was so <laughs> cheesy so like, like birds in space yeah bird in space but... is bad i'm gonna go with that do you like did you like bird Burning space? No, not really. No, it, it's that I think the I like I like the final song, but I think it like you say it does tail off a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I think you get uh, up to self domination. I think Agnes Martin and I make you sorry are both brilliant by then. I think Glass House and Black Moon are both really good as well. But yeah, yeah, after End of My Bloodline, it just it, Bloodline, it does tail off. Um, but no, Nick's not right. Not right about all of that. Just so you all no. know. Yeah. All right. I think good. They're, if, they're just from they're from New Jersey, so maybe they're like. 20 living in the past yeah <laughs> new jersey's set 20 years in the past I might be going to see them next that's week that's not fair so. i don't think new jersey i mean tarts are from from there from new jersey oh. they're, they're named after a shakespeare play so <laughs> <laughs> cutting edge cutting edge yeah even further back <laughs> the underground scene of shakespeare yeah i don't know them very well but <clears throat> you know yeah Right. Um, oh you might be going to see them did you say i might be going to see them at soup kitchen next week yeah all right yeah okay. just i like them I, I won't invite you. I won't see you there. Then. <laughs> I won't invite you now. I was going to ask you after, but I won't. Um, I bother, yeah. They'll have a good live show, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. The soup kitchen's yeah, tiny be a lot as of big well. Cords. So. It'll be great. Yeah, I like their big cords, man. <laughs> big cords, cords aren't always a terrible thing. You compared Ezra Furman to Brian Adams last time, so I'm not yeah. listening to you about any of this kind of thing. <laughs> I hold to that. Yeah. I hold to that song anyway. Right, I'm going to move us on. <laughs> and I'm going to move us on specifically to Mount Erie's Now Only because um, I think it's a conversation we should get out of the way as soon as we can, really. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing statement um, to begin. I'm not saying... You could go first. I'm not saying why. I'm not going to go first. I no. Well, I will go, all right, I go, will first, go first. Go first. I mean, I think it, for me... You need to tell us anyway, so just get over with. Well, <laughs> it's not because... It's a really hard album to talk about and mm. I think the conversation needs to kind of go because i don't think it's going to be a very fun conversation but perhaps probably the most difficult album to discuss in the whole time we've done the podcast like i want to admire and respect this album if, if anybody doesn't know what it's about it's um the follow-up to 
Matt Avery's previous album, and it's about his his wife died suddenly, I believe, from cancer. Yeah. Um, and they have a, like a baby daughter. They at have the time. a baby daughter, and yeah. the both albums have been completely about about that. Um, and I want to admire and respect it because it's obviously a really brave thing to do, and it's a uh, and he's talented, and he does some things quite well, but ultimately. I end up questioning what kind of person can sit through this album more than a couple of times. <laughs> and I end up questioning what the hell they're getting from it if they are sitting and listening to it for more than a couple of times because it is painful. And it should it is it should be painful. But and I think there's times when he does what he's trying to do really effectively. Like there's a line in the song Crow Part Two where he says, I'm sobbing and eating eggs again. Yep. And that hit me really hard, and I was like, "Oh, because I can imagine sobbing and eating eggs. I've probably done it a million times. <laughs> uh, I'll probably do it this weekend. I don't know, but um, just for fun, like." But <laughs> so that feels really real to me. But then there's a lot of times where I feel it goes too far, and I hate saying it because it's obviously what he needed to do in some way. But I find it unlistenable, and I also don't know the guy. I never met him. Never will meet him. But I feel like he might regret it in the future. I feel oh, like it's so soon after what's happened. And then the, the big example that goes too far and that makes it painful for to me, I can't remember which song it's in, but um, he sings about finding the fragments of bones yes. of his wife in the garden yeah. when he's yeah. playing with his daughter. And I think and that might be Earth, actually, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, it probably is Earth. That would make sense. And it's hard enough just to hear that line that he's seen some bones. And then and then he turns turns on and says, is that bone part of her finger that caressed my face and is that mm. part of her cheek mm. and then he carries on and he carries on and he carries on and I just think who's listening to it and also like is he going to listen to it in five years ten years time or is his daughter going to hear it and it's just it's too much right, right. and for me it was too much um it went too far but then I also can't blame him yeah. for that so it's yeah. it's a really difficult thing to talk about and yeah. I don't Personally, my reaction to it is I couldn't listen to it very much at all, right? Because it was too too much, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know who wants to go next. I'm, I I'll can't go. speak anymore. I'll go. Um, so who's listening to it? Nick's listening to it. I kind of thought yeah, that would be what I would me. find out. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. I've listened to this album a lot. I um, how and what is wrong with you? <laughs> many many things wrong with me. I haven't got time for that. But how is? Um, I found this to be... So I, I really liked the last one, actually, the one he did um, right after she passed away, which I think had some songs on it which were written a matter of weeks after she died. The Crow Looks at Me, is it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I actually think this is a better one than that, actually. This actually has... If you just want to take it from a songwriting standpoint, this has this has a better uh, kind of existential questions being asked, more uh, kind of thought out and stuff than the last one. And I found it, of course, I found it very harrowing, uh, profoundly moving, Um pretty much on the verge of tears, sort of sitting on the tram yeah. into this, like, look, you know, like people look at me like, are you okay? Kind of thing, you know? So, which happens to me on a weekly basis anyway. So I wasn't that surprised, but yeah, um, it's just a Friday morning. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Monday morning. more like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, really, really harrowing. Uh, I don't recommend this to anyone who's not Stop ready there. for, I don't recommend this to anyone. <laughs> that is enough. I don't recommend this to anyone who's not ready for, to, to put in some really hard work to get through this. Um, that said, um, it has beyond the incredibly moving and beautiful pictures that he paints of the, the their uh, relationship and the daughter's growth and stuff. It also has unbelievable existential questions, um, which are about uh, what it is to be mortal, what it is to try and resist that, what it is to live in in the kind of aftermath of a loss, um, which absolutely blew me away. Two paintings by Nikolai Astrup was my my high point of that although it was pretty consistent all the way through um it was i will say that actually it was interesting it was it was produced a lot of it i think was recorded uh in, in a sort of home studio setting and uh i was actually quite pleased about that because it was so um there was like a funnel almost of protection between us and his voice it didn't sound as close as it did if, if they'd done it in a, in a in a sort of more polished recording set setting and that actually shielded me a little bit from quite how harrowing some of the words were that were being said. See, I cut in briefly and say I felt the opposite. Mm. I felt that the like that raw that roughness of it made it even more like heartbreaking oh, yeah. to me, more harrowing because he sounded like he was. And I think we talked about this a yeah. few 
a few weeks ago with an album that you didn't like, Matt, and I can't remember what it was, but you're saying that you want people... Oh, I think we were talking about Rye, actually, not that you didn't like it, but that he felt yeah. too too it was, okay it for was such too, an emotional album. Uh, this guy felt yeah, too much like he was going to break at any point, and, and understandably, if he had broken at any point, I would have got that, but it just... I, for me, I couldn't listen to it. But sorry, I, I thought it was. I, th- I was I just say as well that I mean, so I certainly would say in its defence that it, it's not just an exercise in moping. He, he's really trying to struggle with big questions, and some of them he doesn't get to the answer to, and who could? And some of them, I think he does start to see some some sort of amazing um, epiphanies in those moments. Um, particularly, as I say, on that that two paintings is, is the strongest song of all of them, I think. And then the Crow Part Two as well is really, really, really good. It was it was consistent though. Um, I also thought um, this style, uh, I don't know if you follow Sun Kill Moon at all. Yeah, that's okay. Um, and I, I just felt like... No. Oh, you no, don't know Sun no, Kill no. Moon? Okay. No. Well, he's um, another songwriter who... Acoustic guitar-based songwriter who is very, very similar, I think, in, in style. Um, but I've listened to some of his albums and enjoyed them. I think uh, he must be uh, dreaming that he could ever produce something <laughs> as, as intense and, <clears throat> and close and, and powerful and... and uh, thoughtful as this, because this is this is his dream, I think, honestly. Um, so yeah, so I, I absolutely loved it. I, I am thinking about getting on vinyl. Actually, this, there's God. the vinyl test for you. Wow. Um, I, I think um, Jill, that's my wife, has has um, struggled through it a few times, uh, and uh, I wouldn't put Kirsten through it. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, and and I I don't expect that many people, the majority of people, will be able to get through it, and that's fine. That's fine. It's I'm not saying it's it's a laugh. But um, it's something very rewarding at the end of it, I think. I think um, you're a deaf eater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I, I absolutely loved it. And, and to me, um, it was my favourite of these of these five. Wow. Wow. By a significant okay. margin. Go for well, it, Matt. I'm going to preface what I'm going to say by um, saying, as someone who's, uh, for him, as someone who's writing a song, um, it was obviously like you said, super important for him mm. and his struggle and what he's going through. But as the listener, and I think, monkeys. I think I had a very <laughs> different experience. Yeah. Okay. Like, I personally don't know why he released this album. Yeah. I thought he could just make it and then exercise yeah. those demons by himself that's interesting um, that's how i felt he yeah. talks about he talks about playing shows to like drunk college kids and stuff doesn't yeah he? After, that's the, the highlight of the bit when really he talks about playing the last album at festivals and, and showing yeah. my yeah. father john misty and stuff and about Skrillex. it all yeah that. that's yeah. good yeah, yeah. yeah i know what, yeah carry on Matt. Carry on, yeah. With you. but yeah I, like, for me it's just like this relentless kind of stream of consciousness mm. and mm. it's kind of it didn't feel particularly melodic it just no 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 i agree with it was just bare and depressing and <laughs> i i did i just like i couldn't connect with it at all and i think maybe i guess maybe if you've had someone that close to you may, who's died then maybe you can connect with it i don't know but uh like but yeah it just it's the for a listener probably uh, the worst album I've listened to in a very, very long time. <laughs> um, all right, well, I was really holding back about how I felt because I thought, you know, I've got to be sensitive about this. But, all right. like, but well, like, I can, I can get, like, he needs to do something for... Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I get and, it, what you're saying about the not release, because, I mean, it's like I, I write fiction and I've written lots of stuff when you just feel like you need to get something out. I would never put it out for millions of people right. to read because it's... And I get and that's what he does. That that's I mean, he's a professional musician. That's what he does, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not a professional. Right? Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that's that's you know that's his his function is to is to do that. That's how he perceives. Yeah, it. but but I know, I, know, I kind of know what you're both saying. Like but at the same time, private, I feel like some things are private, and so I, I mean, but I don't want to have yeah. a go here at this guy because I, I, I get yeah. it. But then I also think like his daughter, yeah, has got to hear this at some point in her life, and yeah. and it's private stuff about her. It just felt. But like, it's not, it doesn't put her in a bad light, nor does it show him in a bad light. It just no, shows him somebody who's reflecting on something really it. painful. When she's a teenager, she listens back to this. She's like, "God, this is what my dad felt like when he was yeah bringing me up." That's pretty brutal. And they'll be incredibly like close as on that basis. No, or she'll run away from him because she... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you know. But yeah, sorry. Have you got more to say, Matt? Because we just uh, argued over you. Not really. I, I only have one more point, and it's. It's dumb. 
but um, say the the song now only mm. he started listing the way people die and it to me it sounded like a sesame street song yeah and at that point i was just like i yeah i really thought about that a lot actually i i you, you see you're saying that really was weak and didn't work yeah is that what you yeah i just yeah, yeah. i was just like this is like a, it's a children's song about death I really thought about that a lot, actually. I totally agree with you. It sounds really jarring and out of place, and I was uncomfortable with it when I first first few times I heard it. And then I kind of felt ultimately like what he's trying to do is make this, the fact that people are mortal seem like it's something that we all just have to come to terms with as a normal reality, and that's why he made it such a tuneful little melody. You know, yeah. one, of the most, one of the most overt melodies on the whole album, you know. The only melody on the album. Yeah, yeah. And actually... Yeah. I'm I'm in the middle on this. I think it's like that worked for me a little bit, but then I felt like it wasn't. It's not subtle. It's like yeah, deaths can happen at any time, and I know that. But I don't I don't want to be told that on the tram or on the bus on the way in every day. And it's yeah. kind of that's why I don't understand. And I'm, I don't understand how people can listen to this again and again. I understand how you can listen to it and kind of think. I'm not probably with Matt saying it's as bad as Matt's saying, but I, I don't understand <laughs> how people can listen to it again and again. I've really dug into it, yeah. I've listened to it yeah. a lot, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I could imagine going to like a bereavement counselling group and, <laughs> and him playing and that would be like really great. <laughs> and then um, never leaving but... the room because you've got to curl up in a ball and fucking <laughs> yeah. shake. Oh. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're we're not quite in a hundred percent agreement. This then. is why I wanted to say it is a difficult one because I, I I do fully understand. I mean, when the they talk about why the, someone wants to do it, the the part where it sort of goes into the little vignette and Tintin and Tibet, for example, when they go off, they're on the on the island and and they're sitting on the beach and in each other's arms and stuff. It's it's just stunning imagery that he's putting together. It's really really beautiful. It's just... and, it, and you can hold it, and it seems even more beautiful given the poignancy of the circumstances, doesn't it? No. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Well, that was a good line of questioning. <laughs> All right, so should we move along? Yeah. Um, yeah. Go Matt, buy that album on vinyl, everyone. Don't listen to these two. Do, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, right, we've only got two of the new albums left, but Matt, have we talked about your favourite yet? Um, I, I had a tough time picking a favourite, but if I'm going to go with one right now, I would say probably the opposite of what we just talked about. Um, is it Y Oak? Yep. Um, the louder I call, I, the faster it runs. Yes. Yeah. And I I just had a really nice time listening to this album. Nice as a um, well, that sounds, album. That sounds awful. Nice as a That's the kiss of death well, right there. It, just, <laughs> it was so nice. So pleasant. I it, like, the, uh, the, like the weather's turned really nice here. Or like it's really sunny out. And I went, like, the first time I listened to this this album on the list, I went out for a bike ride, and I just had it on, and just, it felt like a very, um, after, after like, winter's gone, felt very, like, uh, I've forgotten the word, what the word is, like... <laughs> Sunny? <laughs> well, yeah, Happy. Well, yeah, but it felt, it felt like, like... I've got like, words for it, but joyous. not those ones. Um, like, like, yeah. Well, it felt like a metamorphosis, almost. Right, okay, it's like okay. after after that's like, better than happy. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Good vocab. Did you just open a dictionary then? <laughs> just like a quick Google. Um, Science boy. But yeah, it, it felt for me like the specific timing of it was, I think, key because listening to this in the middle of winter might not have had such a an effect, but it felt like really, really powerful to me at that time. And I think because it's such a bold and bright album. Um, so that that was like it was a, a re- really great in that respect. Mm. Um, and any high points or low points? Uh, yeah, I was I was just uh, thinking the the instrument I really liked, and it was not natural. I also really liked the the way that that song develops and gets really big in the chorus. Um, and it, a lot of it reminded me. It's quite straightforward. It's not a complicated album. Um, but a lot of it reminded me of uh, Bat for Lashes, which I'm also a big fan of. Um, and I haven't... Uh, there's, there's like a few people doing similar things, but I don't think anyone has done something like this with quite so much joy for a while. So that's what I enjoyed. 
Okay. Mm. Um, I'm going to go, because I hated this album. Is <laughs> 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 um, it was happy? Is that exactly the same word that, that yeah. Mouse was using? <laughs> I was excited for this album because I like Wyoka. I might be a picky bastard, but you're a miserable bastard. That's the problem. You just like Mount Erie, mate. So sit down. (laughs) (laughs) Calm yourself. Um, No, I was excited for this album because I like Wyoka. I like what I've heard before, but I think this is the worst thing they've put out. Um, It's music with absolutely no bite whatsoever. It's got no drive. It's got no nothing. It's just... I like to say... I like the fact you said nice because I wrote down everything's just so nicey, nicey, lardy da. <laughs> and that is precisely what it is. It's uh, the song Lifer. Sounds like something that should be on a washing powder advert with like women with flowing hair holding sheets up that are really clean and dancing around a field. And then it's followed by what Matt just said is his, was his favourite. It was not natural, which sounds exactly the same as the song before it. Um, what about the lyrics of it was not natural? Did you follow that? I at couldn't all? even hear them it was okay, just... there was, that is what it was not natural I can't remember exactly the lines now but there's after that repeat of it was not natural only human hate could devise something so full of evil or something something there's some really dark yeah. connotation in that in that line actually well, so it was maybe yeah. maybe they're hiding a darkness that I missed and might, might have liked more but mm. now the only song that did it for me on the whole album was um symmetry um it's kind of the only one with a bit of aggression, the only one a bit of drive in it. And um yeah, it's just it just really disappointed me. Really disappointed me. Okay. Uh, you're wrong again, friend. <laughs> yep, he certainly is. Yeah, I, I really like this album uh in general. Uh I don't think it's their strongest by quite a way, actually. Civilian two albums two albums ago, three albums ago now, is mm-hmm. is really fantastic album. Um this was uh, you know, very good instead of fantastic. Uh I thought it was uh is really it very beautiful. Good? I thought it was really beautiful. <laughs> I thought the vocals on it were really beautiful and she's, her voice has got steadily stronger. There are moments, in fact, when she's got to be careful that she's going to drift into being like over the top about her sort of vocal delivery of things, I felt. But there was an awful lot um, that was just right in that position in ter- terms of sort of lifting her voice over the instrumentation and stuff. So uh, it was not natural was one I had picked out as well as a favourite. I also liked My Signal a lot, which was a really simple one, sort of quite stripped down, almost a cappella for a while, and then some strings came in. Um, I- I've been following the band for years and years, and um, I would say this is better than their, their last album, but not as good as the one before that, as I say, or maybe it's two before that. I'm, I'm slightly losing track. Um, so they all sound the same. No, no. Um, so yeah, no. I, sorry, I um, I really enjoyed it, and I think it was really consistent actually across the across the album. It was very, it was a very uh, polished sort of piece of sort of shiny piece of work. Shiny, shiny, shiny nice. Yeah, nice <laughs> and shiny. Like uh, <laughs> terrible. What What about the previous albums? Is different that. Because I haven't listened to the previous. Yeah, albums. so the, the I um I got into this band. I originally wanted to put this on the list because I saw them a few years ago, and that that when they were playing on the Civilian tour, which is which is the one um, that I really really love. Um, yeah. And they're a two piece band, and the, the drummer plays keyboard bass basically while she plays while the so he plays drums and keyboards for the bass part, and then she okay. s- sings and plays guitar. And um, it was very um, it was a I would say the earlier stuff was more aggressive than yeah, this yeah yeah um it, it certainly wasn't say. aggressive it, it was it actually isn't a million miles away from big thief i think it, the earlier stuff yeah in style okay um but uh you know she, about the voice voices yeah her voices yeah yeah well a very different kind of voice at mm. least yeah i think you have to i'd agree with that yeah um so no they, they they certainly become um cleaner but i think what you're saying about the that metamorphosis idea is is quite interesting it, you know it is it is a very joyous album and very uplifting. And it was actually brilliant because on my uh, sort of sorting of this playlist, it kept, it kept coming up right after the, right, right after the Mount Erie. Um, and, <laughs> the, and the juxtaposition was pretty shocking, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But great. You know, I mean, I, I ended up liking both of these albums a lot, although I think the Mount Erie is, is, is certainly better. But, um, but yeah. I so... don't really choose between those two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. All right. Nice. So that just leaves. We've what does got that leave? Jean Grey and Kelly, Chris. Everything's fine. I'm going to ask Nick to kick us off on this one. Okay. Um, so I'm really, really pleased we did this album because um, with the uh, Biggie album as well. Mm. Um, because yeah. I can't imagine 
a hell of a lot more different styles of production in the same genre as these two albums. Um, it was uh, really, really intricate and complex, and I was really fascinated by that. It had a lot of kind of really off kilter things, um, which are you know kind of off odd beats and positions of beats and stuff. I thought it worked well, and it, it was in the style, although yeah, in some ways, in the style of the Danny Brown album that we did, that mm. Fran and I did with Normal last year. Um, I trust the exhibition, which I really, really got into. It was like that. Um, and it also had a lot of humor in it, which I, I really enjoyed. Um, like, uh, well, there's so many, there's so many gags all the way through it. There's, um, the stuff about on Osh about people wearing two pack t-shirts, how, mm. how, how important, how, you know, much they're in the scene because they wear two pack t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. It, it was really well, um, well thought out and also quite a nice, consistency across the whole album like it, it felt a bit like i would say the white oak it, it the, the, the two albums both are very much of one style and they move through that style consistently and sort of have themes that are, that come through repeatedly so i i really enjoyed it um i would say um yeah the danny brown stuff at the scoop of dirt was the most was the most like that i thought in terms of the, the danny brown sort of craziness and, yeah. and oddness and also darkness um and also is it gold Gold, purple, orange. That was one I really liked as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it was great. It was really great. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And, it, and it's, um, uh, this is the last, isn't it, before we talk about the show. Yeah, we talked to all five. Now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to me, that this was, um, this rounded off a generally, in general, excellent list. I'm going to I mean, come back to that question, mate. Don't get ahead of yourself. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Down. Fair enough. Well, we'll talk Calm more down. about it then. But yeah, so it was, it was really interesting and, and, uh, I thought the flow was excellent, but it, again, to, it was so great to see that the genre has so much scope in it that you can have two albums this different and they can both be great in the same month reviews, you know? So, yeah, it was cool. Matt? Um, yeah, uh, so I suggested this because I'd heard her do comedy and I'd heard her do... So I uh, heard that she was, uh, like, a pretty good rapper, but I hadn't actually listened to it. And I'm really glad that... That I did because I really enjoyed this album. I, I I struggle to pick between this and White Oak for what I thought was the best album on the list. Brian's <laughs> um, shaking his head as usual. Yeah, it wasn't a shake of the head; it was just a little giggle. It's laughing I, at your yeah. expense. I I really enjoy the yeah, like the satire all the way through, and the way they kind of adopt different personalities. Um, and then, yeah, they have this kind of broad idea about what they want the album to be about and even though they're coming at it from different angles yeah like you were saying nick mm. there's this kind of consistency about this kind of general theme yep of everything being fine yeah um i yeah and i really like how yeah they when they're constructing this like they use the interstitial between the songs to reinforce this like when they go the uh like they have the the don't worry it's the, fine those little yeah, there's the let's get yeah. some the quiz. white middle class comedians to speak yeah. over it to say that everything's fine when yeah. obviously, and so I think that's a really interesting reflection. Um, Gold, purple, orange is also my favorite song, mm. I think. But there's also some other Peacock I also really like as well. Mm. Um, and she, yeah, she also has really, really um, her her rapping's really, really strong. Yeah, um, and she, yeah. It's a really interesting, intricate rhyming style. Um, she used, yeah, I think she used rhyming entire like blocks mm. of, um, of sentences, which is. I understand really... she's been really underground as well for a while. She's been doing things, just releasing on Bandcamp mm. and stuff, which is yeah, uh, yeah, like... kind of interesting and, and crazy that she should have this mass skill out of, from nowhere, as it were. You know. Well, yeah, she's been. Yeah, it seems like um, she's been around for a while. It's just, oh, yeah. it's just. No, I think they both but, they both do but things kind of a bit less. Yeah, I think this is the most well known album so far by the sounds of things. But okay. yeah, um, they've yeah. both been around doing little bits and all different projects by the sounds of things as well with different different people. So did I cut you off from that? Oh, you you got uh, more to say? Uh, yeah, I just yeah, all all in all, it's yeah, it's a really really good album. I think. I think from so, me, what... sorry, we. <laughs> I was going to say, what do you He's think? To get in there. To me, my yeah. favourite thing about this album was the fact that an album called Everything's Fine followed Mount Erie on the playlist. <laughs> so it went through like the worst depression to an album. Obviously, Everything's Fine is 
ironic. Yeah, I thought, um, I'd say this is more depressing than Martin Erie in some respects, <laughs> yeah. culturally speaking. But um, she, I, I want to, yeah, I'll start with positives. She's she's an incredible MC. She really is. Um, he's good too. He's not. He's a little bit slow for my liking. And compared yeah. to a biggie that's quite slow, he's maybe not quite got the delivery that I I enjoy. But um, I've been really getting into back into hip hop in the last couple of months and listening to a lot of stuff I used to love and discovering new stuff. So I was really hopeful for this, but I just never really connected with it. Um, I think I should have done in a way because I'm I really like the idea of an album that's about how society is collapsing and ignoring everything that's happening and and does it in quite an ironic way. And the songs like Breakfast of Champions, which are about political subjects that really matter to me, and this one's about the police killings of young black men in America. But I just didn't really connect. And I think a lot of that's to do with the beats. Now, you've said earlier about Biggie and this being like mm. the opposite end of mm. of the spectrum of hip-hop and hip-hop. For me, that I've always really enjoyed has been the really precise, really controlled okay. kind of hip-hop. And that's why maybe Danny Brown's an interesting comparison because I didn't really love Danny Brown. Either. I was going to ask you if I couldn't remember what your position yeah, was Yeah, I didn't love that, it. Yeah. I, didn't, I, did, I, I liked it more than like this. Uh, both of them remind me a little bit of Outkast, who I love. Mm. But Outkast just maybe controlled the chaos a little bit better um yeah, one yeah thing I, is, I love the fact you, you have the sense of like where the hell am i going right now you know yeah. like, where is the yeah. beat and like where, see you that's know, so, for hip-hop that doesn't work pieces. for me a lot of the time i mean right. it's like jazzy hip-hop it's not it doesn't really do it for me i want a bit more control um i want the beat to match the the mc and mm. i want i want things to be i mean it doesn't mean i hated this album i didn't there's a few songs i love peacock which matt's already mentioned i really like zero and i like waiting for the moon um but all in all it was a disappointment to me um as i will say unless anyone want to come back on that or i mean i yeah. agree with you but apart from that yeah. that's fine you're allowed to not agree <laughs> with me thank you that's really kind of you but as i would say if we're talking about the whole playlist it was interesting to hear what nick was starting to say about it because this whole playlist was quite disappointing to me um i was expecting big things from three of the albums mount Erie, gene gray and kelly chris and y oak and they all kind of disappointed me hugely. Screaming Females was good, but not amazing. Biggie was obviously mind-blowingly good. Yeah. But then it had a bit too much misogyny. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a disappointment for me in this playlist. Well, so. as, I, as I already kind of hinted, I totally disagree. Of all our playlists of the last year or so, this might be the strongest <laughs> playlist we've done, I think. With the exception of, of Screaming Females, as I explained, I thought it was pretty weak. All the the other four uh, are all great, really great. I mean, you know, they have their flaws, and I, I agree. I take what you're saying about the Biggie album in particular, that, that issue. Um, but um, you know, I, I really enjoyed this. So there's been playlists we've been through more than once where I've just been like, oh, God, I'll go back to the picky bars and play this for a bit, you know, and just get. <laughs> yeah, that is what I felt like done. a lot of the time. This, this, this was just fun. I mean, I put it on just for a laugh. You know, it's great. Mount Airy. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was emotionally uh, immersive. We put it that way, and it was wow. fun. So yes, and I, I really, I really enjoyed it. And you know, um... how about you, Matt? Yeah, I think I'm somewhere in between. Um, nothing was terrible apart from Mount Erie, um, but nothing really like grabbed me and made like. There's nothing that I'm going to have on heavy rotation a year from now. I don't think. No. Uh, Although Nick's going to have Mount. I can Airy. imagine all four of these, uh, all four of those, excluding, not excluding the screaming. Sorry, excluding the screaming females would be for me played regularly. Perhaps the whole, only one of the four new releases that I will still listen to is Screaming Females. Wow, um, <laughs> wow! I was—it was actually good because I was—I was really nervous as I was listening to. It. I was thinking, "Wow, this playlist is, is really, really strong. This is going to be a really boring episode because we're just going to be like, yeah, this is all great, won't it?'" And like, we've not agreed almost on anything except for Biggie. No. So yeah, what a surprise! Good old Biggie. Yeah. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Nadine Shah, shall we? All right. Well, let's just say for for one minute. Oh, like I said, there is one absolutely outstanding album on this playlist, and I'm about to tell you about it. <laughs> so you know. Um, so Nadine Shah. Um, I'll give you a bit of an introduction because she's not. I, I've, some of the name people I've introduced on the Why Love section before have been quite big names, so I've not really needed to introduce them. Nadine Shah's getting a reputation, but she's not. She's not huge. She's got three albums. Um, the first one is called Love Your Dumb and Mad. That was a debut in 2013. And the second was Fast Food, um, which came out in 2015. Both really strong albums. And I did think a long time about doing a playlist instead of just using her latest album, which is called Holiday Destination. But as for reasons I'll go into shortly, this album really struck a chord with me. So I decided just to go with this album. 
Um, so it came out last year. I don't know if I just mentioned that. Um, so for me, I first kind of got into Alien Shark because I was going to Latitude Festival in 2015. And as you probably guessed, if you listen to the podcast, I'm a little bit of a music geek. So whenever I go to a festival, I'll listen to every single artist who's playing there and make a little, not a spreadsheet. I'm not quite that geeky, but I get pretty close <laughs> to a spreadsheet. I would have done that. Um, I make a playlist on Spotify, all that business. Um, and she was one of the ones that really stuck out to me as someone I needed to go and see. Um, and this was just after the second album. And then I went to see her. I've now seen her three times, but she is, she's just an amazing performer. Like Each time it's been different, but the first time she looked like she wanted to kill everyone in the audience she just looked so angry i don't know if she had an argument with someone before she got on stage or what but it really suited the music like she just looked furious and um but she was still incredible she's got this amazing voice and live it's even better the second time i saw her was at gorilla in manchester and she was absolutely levered um pissed at her head rolling around the stage but still <laughs> put on an amazing performance uh, i can't remember what song it was it's not off this album that we've gone through this time but um one of the last songs she got Anyone who was a mum in the audience, she got them to join to join her on the stage in Gorilla, and they all kind of danced through the last song. Which is not a big venue. Yeah, by it's the a way, tiny yeah. venue. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there wasn't loads of mums there, but still, I think her mum was there, which made it even better. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then I saw her again this year at the Trades Club in Hebden Bridge, and she was just she wasn't pissed, she wasn't angry, she was just brilliant. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I've been into her for a few years now, but. When Holiday Destination came out, well, I'll say when it came out, actually, it took me, it took a bit of time to grow on me. But once I really got into it, she went from sort of being an artist I just really like to up there in my, in my top artists, I think. And I think if she does another album of this strength, she'll be knocking on the sort of top 10, which is hard with my top 10. It's been, in, it's been there for a long time. Yeah. Um, now, we did a albums of 2017. 2007, 2017 episode in January before Matt had joined us. And I um, I chose the National. And I'm going to say something that is hard for me to say, but if we were to go back now, I might choose this album instead of that because I've listened to it almost nonstop since it came out in August. And I think I had a few listens and then I just listened to it nonstop for the last four months, really. It's it's really got to me. Um, so it's a step forward for us sonically. It's, it's more dense, it's bolder, it's, there's more layers to it. Some amazing little guitar licks and um, guitar solos and some brilliant drumming. But for what's what's really got me about this album, I think, is the lyrical content and the storytelling. Um, so, obviously, it's a very political album. Um, and like me, she is a second-generation immigrant. She's um, half Pakistani. She's got... Her mum's English, but I think her mum was half Norwegian or something. But she's she's sort of grown up as a half Pakistani woman who also her dad was Muslim or from a Muslim family. So she's grown up as that in England in a similar situation to me in a sort of small town where she was the only person who wasn't white. So when she released this album and there were songs like Out the Way and Evil, um, it it really nailed the experience of being in Britain since Brexit and Trump for me. The, um, The song Evil where she repeats quite often all these folk, they think that, that I'm evil. Um, the, I think it's the the devil himself. And then she's got a line that goes on through the song saying, how can I compete with an ingrained thought? And it's all about sort of living as a, as a, you know, non-white person in the UK. And also she's a Muslim, as I've said before, and just dealing with that experience. And I think she does that really well. Like I've never seen, I've never heard music that does that so well. And she's really nailed that experience for me. Um, and it's more than just that. I think it's she's done something that a lot of artists have tried to do recently. I think one example I thought of was PJ Harvey's. Um, what was the last album called? Of uh, it was called uh, Oh God, Hope Demolition. Hope Demolition Project. Yeah, Hope Demolition Project. Where she was trying to do like a State of the Nation, State of the World album, and she did an okay job, PJ Harvey there. But it, it was a bit of a letdown because I think maybe because she hadn't personally experienced that stuff. I mean, she's a millionaire probably lives in a castle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Nadine Shaw is still making her way up and that and the way she did that on this album, I mean, songs the songs about immigration, the songs about Syria, the songs about um you know, the Mother Fighter is an amazing song about her sort of bringing up a, a child and that child maybe at the minute the streets not being there's a line that the streets are, are really your own and at the minute those streets not being someone like that and she's hoping that in the future 
her child will grow up and see those streets as her own. It's a brilliant song. And then the song's about the state of the family in Britain. So I just think it's it's a really clever album and a really political album, but done in a really it's it's a really funky sounding album. It's got a bit of jazz in it. It's up, it's upbeat. You can go run into this album. It's it's lively, and she's got just an amazing voice. Like I love the way her Geordie accent just doesn't fit with who she is and what she looks like and everything, but she just delivers it brilliantly. So yeah, the album. I'm not connected to an album like this for a long time, so I really wanted to put it to you two and to the listeners. Um, yeah. And yeah, if she continues, like I say, if she continues to to progress like this, then she's going to be. Well, she should be an absolute megastar, but maybe she won't because she's singing about things a lot of people don't want to hear. So, yeah, <laughs> I love her. She's brilliant. Um, and I'd love to know what you guys think. Who wants to go first? Matt, what do you want to... Yeah, I'll jump in. Um, so I found it really interesting to listen to this um, alongside the Jean Grey album because they're very, two very different ways of approaching um, the topic of like yeah. the Western, Western politics. And I think this one was a lot more successful. Um, Correct. It's so... It's so <laughs> it's so aggressive, um, but like perfectly, perfectly like the tone is perfect still. Um, I think it's like underlined all the way through, like ending the first track with some protest songs. Yeah, and it feels like she knows exactly what she's doing, and she's got a point to prove or a point to put across, and then she does it very well and very quickly because. The, the the album isn't very long, I didn't think. I it, like every time I listen to it, it kind of flew by, and it's like she's got this message across, and then she's done and she leaves. And I don't, yeah, I think that's a skill in itself, being able to know when to cut off. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I like I've listened to her before. I was I liked, ser- like I've listened to Fast Food a couple yeah. of times. Another great album. Uh, yeah, it's really good, but I think for me there was more just a couple of standout songs, but mm. I never it never really grabbed me. But this was definitely a step up from from her. Um it's the kind of the cuz before she had she's got quite like strong post-punk aesthetic mm. and she's added to that in this album. And it's because, like you were saying it's because there's a lot more going on. And it makes it a lot more interesting. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think this was this was really quite quite an an exceptional album. Um, definitely, I think it was my favorite that we listened to on the hey, list. Cause, good to know. Um, and I will be actively listening to her more in the future yeah. rather than just okay, like occasionally. And I'd say with the other albums, just, I, I agree with what it is a step up and everything, but fast food particularly. If you spend a bit more time with that album, I think you'll I think you'll find it is it's the, I think she's a grower. She takes a bit of time, and that is a good album. It's it's not as good as this, but it, I think spend a bit more time with that one definitely. Okay, I will do. That's my homework. Good. <laughs> I'll be asking you about it next time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, should I jump in? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I uh, didn't know her at all. Didn't, never heard the name even, um, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was uh, really um, drew for some drew from some people that I really like in interesting ways. Um, it was very it was experimental. It was interestingly put together. Obviously, it was politically very well thought out. Maybe that's not obvious, but that that's true. It was very 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 clearly uh, politically put together very well. I loved I loved um, uh, Yes Men was probably yeah. a high point for me. Yeah, um, Evil as well. Um, it was consistent though. It was, it was very strong across the board. Um, I thought uh, Evil actually sounded a little bit in style, like Arcade Fiery to me. If that's a, um, if Fran's not going to throw something at me for saying I don't know that, them that well, so I'm not going to. Okay, I'm not gonna, uh, well, I, I, yeah, I don't uh, love them, but I don't know them that well. So. Yeah, yeah, okay. So um, anyway, so in, in in the best of what they do, I thought this was something a little bit like that style in the way she yeah. introduced that song. Um, and I'll, I'll give it a higher praise than that. In fact, uh, we were talking about Hope Six, Hope Six Demolition Project. That's mm. what we just looked it up and then reminded ourselves of the name. Um, so, as everyone knows, should know, I'm a massive PJ Harvey fan, like a ridiculous PJ Harvey fan. Um, and uh, PJ Harvey did make this album, the last album, with a very political uh, sensibility. She's done for the last couple of albums, but this this newest one in particular. 
Um, and I think uh, it fell flat um, and she overreached uh, in, in ways I won't bother getting into all the mm. details now. But um, and I thought, you know, by those standards, um, obviously, Peter Harvey was one of my all time favorite yeah. artists. So I'm not going to say I prefer Nina Child to Peter Harvey. But in terms of that, that, that album versus this album, I think this album does execute better uh, what it's trying to do. Uh, and and it's, there's some similarity in the, in the sort of yeah. political approach. So, so, yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was it was great. And I, I've got, you know too many more things to say except I, I really loved it and, and really think I'll, really? I'll definitely dig into it before again um, and only underlined the excellence of this playlist that yeah. we put together since well, now yeah. five <laughs> out of six are really where good does it, where does it stand on the playlist for you if you were to go back and um, is, it, is it as good as Mount Airy or are you not going to go it's not as far? good as Mount Airy yes, sorry it it's not as good as Mount Airy I'm sorry it's a different level <laughs> it is a different, a different level that's world right. to Mount Airy yeah, that's correct yeah. uh, we can agree on that yeah, anyway yeah. just not which way around so uh, no no it, it was really good I, I don't want to slate it at all um, but it, it didn't have the same effect on me as, as the album did but that's a separate question going back to what you're saying about PJ Harvey do you do you feel there's some of what I was saying in that in that she's she's actually lived a lot of this she's like yeah She's got that experience. I think... Yeah, my worry with, with PJ Harvey album was that she was... I think she's got a prodigious talent and she's done so many so many reinventions of herself in incredible new directions. And that's that's another conversation. But mm. essentially, this new album of PJ Harvey's was an attempt to do something so big to, to capture a cultural experience of oppression in so many different ways and so many different places because she went to three different places around the world to, to yeah. cover the album's topics. Uh, it, it just it's just too much it was just she just even she, it defeated even her so that's yeah. um that's the problem that's a worry um and i hope things will improve for the next one because that's really my only the only album picture i've ever made on her own under just on her own that i've ever not absolutely loved so apologies to everyone uh, i didn't mean to get him on a pj harvey rant i know yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so you asked you asked so yeah i'm just gonna uh, no, i'm gonna great. say a couple more things about this album that i've thought of while we've been talking i just want to talk about some of the lyrics because obviously that's what i mentioned as as the big thing for me, like the song out the way opens with the line, where would you have me go? I'm second generation. Don't you know? And the, the way she delivers that line is so powerful. And it's, that goes back to what I'm talking about, about it just telling the story of what it's been like in the, you know, in this country for the last couple of years. And I think that that's really powerful. And there's all the stuff in Jolly Sailor, the, the final song, she starts off talking about sons and uh, fathers and sons singing together in pubs in Newcastle when she was growing up and how that's kind of just disappeared from the... But she does it in such a, like... It still it doesn't sound depressing. Like, Mount Erie, come on, it sounds... As much as you loved it, it sounds like depression. This album's got depressing, <laughs> depressing subject matter, but it sounds like... Sorry, there was, joy in, there was just, joy in Mount Erie as well. What, when he sang about <laughs> people getting hit by a bus yeah. and dying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I just want to go over that again and again. I want everyone to <laughs> give this this album a go and give Nadine Shaw a go. I think she's PJ Harvey. I think there's a comparison there as well. I think there she's is. changed a little bit between each album so far. And if she carries on doing that, I mean, she could she could be huge, and she should be huge already for me. But I'm, mm. I'll shut up now. I could go on. <laughs> Everybody, listen to this album. I agree. Yes. Yeah. All right. So let's talk yeah. about next time, shall we? We will. Let's talk um, about next time. Yeah. Who wants to? Yeah, you want to well, round um, things off? Well, first of all, it's going to be our first time having a guest. Yeah, exciting news. Um, We've got a guest so, presenter joining us for just one episode. Um, my, my friend Sam. Uh, and uh, he's going to... The way we're going to structure it is he's going to pick uh, an, a new album that he doesn't know, like the ones we always pick. He's also going to pick the classic, which he also doesn't know, but it's, it's an older, not, not a brand new release. Um, and then he's going to do a playlist of why I love. Um, so he's going to basically... Half the, the six are going to be picked by Sam... And then the other three will be three new albums picked by us. So we'll just go around ours, shall we? Yeah, so we'll be picking an album first. And I'll be, I'll be going with uh, Sabba, Care For Me, which came out yeah. a couple of months ago. And Matt? I'm, I'm going to go for Everything Is Recorded by Richard Russell, which is the album name. And then the artist is Everything Is Recorded. That's either true or Spotify's mental. We're not sure. That's, I can't I, be right. I cannot be I right. I did Google it as well, though, and it looks <laughs> yeah. like it is right. That's unbelievable. Um, so, yeah. It's, yeah, okay. it's out there. Wow. But he's, he's the guy from XL. He's a, a producer yes. who runs XL. Right, I see. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to go with King Cruel's The Ooze, um, and, uh, which I don't know, but I've heard of. Uh, and then Sam uh, tells me that he's going to go with um, the new Arctic Monkeys album, uh, which is called the Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Um, he's also going to go with as as his new album. Uh, his, uh, his classic album. The classic album is going to be 
Uh, where I've got to find it's it. I've got to find Dolly Parton. It is. Uh, Linda Ronstadt and um, somebody on, whose it. name Mary I can't Lou? remember. Um, Emmy Lou. Emmy Lou Harris. There you go. Dolly yes. Parton, Linda Ronstadt, Emmy Lou Harris. Uh, trio uh, is his classic. Thanks for that, Sam. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. It's <laughs> going to be interesting. Um, and then his playlist is going to be by Robin, um, which uh, R O B Y N, isn't it? So yeah, spelled, I know yeah. one song, so, so that's yeah. I don't know any at all, so it'll be all new to me. So yeah, looking forward to doing that next month, um, and uh, that'll be out a couple of weeks after we've recorded it. And yeah, that's it. I yeah. think we're all done. So we'll see. You so soon. thanks very much, right. and uh, we will uh, speak to you in a month. Don't listen to Matt Avery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see ya. Bye.